I said to her, the German training scale starts with rhythm, not suppleness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, shall we get into the show? Hi, this is Blythe Tate, and you're listening to Eventing Weekly with Mitch and Braden. Mitch, Braden, and Laura Collett. Laura Collett, g'day, mate. Hey. Welcome along to our second ever episode of Eventing Weekly with Mitch and Braden. And um, Mitch, what a pleasure it is to be here with Laura Collett. Especially after the weekend she's just had. Oh my God, lighting up Bicton. Laura, do you want to start by just uh, giving us a bit of a rundown on your weekend down at Bicton? Um, yeah, I had a cracking weekend. Um, London 52 won the four-star short and De Capo followed up with a third. Um, had two younger horses who also went re- very well in the four-star and a seven-year-old doing his first two-star long who finished seventh. So um, not too many complaints, really. Not too bad at all. I was saying to Mitch on the way over, how good that we're going over to chat with Laura the the day after she's had a good weekend. Um, but then we realized that's quite a common thing. Yeah, so we could have come here any day and it's going to yeah. be a good weekend. If only that was true. <laughs> yeah. well, in, in our eyes, it is. So, hey, thanks for having us along. Um, let me just frame things up with how things run here at Eventing Weekly. So, um, Mitch and I, we spend a lot of time, you know, uh, putting in a lot of admin and coming up with some really good questions for our guests. That's what our fans want. So, we've put together five questions each. And we're going to slowly work through those one by one. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to just give everyone a bit of, bit of an intro of, of you, Laura, um, just because we're constantly picking up new fans, both eventing and non-eventing, and I just want them to really to be well prepared for what we've um, got in store for today. So for your intro, Laura, I went to um, the one place you do go for intros, and that's uh, Wikipedia. And... Um, and, I mean, how good that we're getting guests on that have Wikipedia pages. Yeah, how good. Can I just say, though, Wikipedia page have done me over in the photo that they've used because I look about 12 years old. I wasn't going to mention the photo. <laughs> oh, I was. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's world class. It's horrendous. Yeah, maybe we'll get that in the show notes, a little, <laughs> little snapshot. Um, but, uh, I mean, the text is outstanding. Some of the accolades, and if I um, I'm not going to list off the accolades because there were so many. But what I've done is I've put a, a little summary together, and it, and it goes like this: um, Born in Leamington Spa, correct? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah my passport says that. Anyway, <laughs> nice. Um, kicked ass as a young rider, um, then had a pretty gnarly fall in 2013, um, but then after that started kicking ass as a pro. Uh, after the, a, few, a few years in between, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm summarizing. After that, you received an MBE in 2022, and since then, you have still been kicking ass as a pro. So, I like your Wikipedia page better than the real one. Yeah. Well, if I if I could have put the photo in uh, through <laughs> through words, I would have. But um, that, that's sort of um, just a, a few bullet points mm. to capture. And but, I think I think we'll put the link for that Wikipedia page in the in the. Comments. I don't, I don't think you need to do I that. Think, I think the people need to need to know what's yeah, happening. Well, maybe we'll do a, a, a vote, and majority might might rule on this yeah. occasion. Um, if if you're okay <laughs> with that. <laughs> anyway, so should we um crack into our ten questions? And the first question for this week is actually going to be a fan question. So. I'm not sure what I'm more nervous about, your questions or fan questions. Well, let's just play the fan question and, um, and sit tight and see what we've got in store for you. 
Hey guys, Ginny Thomason speaking. Um, huge fan of the show, massive fan. Um, I've got a fan question here for Laura Collett. Laura, thank you very much for being here. Um, my question to you is, what do you do with all of your ribbons? As we know, you must have a pretty large collection now, being as successful as you are. Um, my question is, how do you display with them? What do you do? And um, yeah, if you could enlighten us on all your glory. All right, thank you very much. Bye. Laura, do you want to take that one? I'll, I'll accept that one. Yeah, that's a safe question. Uh, so the very special ones, i.e. my badminton rosettes are actually in the lorry, um, probably as inspiration for each time we go to an event. Um, the sashes are pinned up in the tack room, um, again, daily inspiration. Um, and then some of the others um, give to the owners, and if they don't want them, we give them to riding for the disabled. Lovely, mm. lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, Mitch, uh, just thinking Raven. about you growing up. Sorry to digress straight away, Laura, but Mitch was quite a talented footballer growing up. And um, hearing what Laura's got to say about how she displays her ribbons, mm. I was just wondering what you did with all your trophies growing up. Um, they're still in the other club's cabinet trophies, actually. Mm. I haven't actually got around to collecting them yet. So. Gotcha. You know, a bit of charity work there as well, just to make other club rooms look more decorative. That's very kind of your thoughts and feelings on uh, on Laura's uh, approach with using them as inspiration. How big is your lorry? <laughs> I've only won badminton once. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's true. But surely that's on the cards again for next season? Well, we'll try. We'll try. We'll give it a go. I think we can get there. Give it a nudge. Um. That was our, our, our first fan question, but we actually genuinely have a genuine fan question. Are you um, trying to say Jenny's not a fan? That's a bit rude. Well, she, what I'm... Sorry, you no, take you, it. No, you keep going. What I'm saying is Jenny's more than a fan, you know? She's a fan and so much more. So, shout out Jenny Thomason, big fan of the show. Um, but we've got a fan question in from Catherine, a young aspiring inventor. So, we thought we'd just lead straight into that one as well. So, listen up. Hi, it's Catherine Naylor here. I'm a big fan of Laura's and I'd like to ask her, what's her weekly riding routine with her top event horses? Weekly riding routine with top event horses. What do you got for us? Um, so, it's a pretty manic week uh, for the big, the big horses. Um, they gallop twice a week. Um, they will probably have a jump, um, a school once or twice, depending on how close to the competition we are. And then also some hacking. So it's, um, there's a lot to cram into a week and it's also slightly horse dependent whether they need an extra day schooling or an extra day, maybe jumping a grid. Um, so yeah, it's, it's slightly varied, but, um, yeah, there's not basically most weeks, there's not enough days in the week to fit in everything that you want to do. Mm, and um, you've obviously just been to Bicton and uh, London 52 did really well. Um, maybe what was London 52's uh, uh, week look like, if you can even remember back to last week? What was that preparation like? Um, what, the week of Bicton? Yeah. Leading it, I think the question from Catherine yeah. was um, week to week, but yeah, maybe the week leading in is a bit of insight. So he, um, he went to the water treadmill on Monday. Um, he had a jump on Tuesday. We went uh, hacking on Wednesday before we left for Bicton. And then Thursday, I schooled him. Friday, did his dressage. Saturday, show jumped cross country on Sunday. Sounds pretty thorough. Yeah. Mitch? Um, I don't know. Where do you start? Horses. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they keep you busy, don't they? 
I mean, how how yeah. many horses have you got here? There must be. I'm going to take a guess here. Well, you can't count the number. Seventeen. <laughs> Seventeen horses on your yard. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't actually count, but it's, it's around that number. Yeah. We have twenty stables. Um, in the winter time, they're all very much full. Um, have racehorses in. Um, for schooling and in the summer, try not to have every stable full um, because being away at events and stuff so much. So, yeah, I'd say around 16, 17 horses in at the moment. Yeah. Wow. What a bit of work that is. Keeps and, you busy. Yeah. You can't do all that by yourself, can you? Absolutely not. Um, massive team. Um, massive team behind me and definitely couldn't do it without them. Um, Tilly Hughes is my um, traveling groom. Um, and then home teams, Polly, Elsa and Hannah. Um, and yeah, without them, the show wouldn't go on. Yeah, and a big shout out to all the grooms out there because we all know they're the real stars of the show, aren't they? A hundred percent. Yeah, and specifically to your girls because when we arrived, it was like fanfare, wasn't it, Mitch? Yeah. Driving down that driveway and getting out, just seeing their faces light up, you know? Um, well, you think their faces lit up because they saw two men on the yard? Well, not, <laughs> not just, just any two men. The, oh, sorry, matchy, matchy men. Yeah. The gilet, I saw um, a, a few whispers. I think I saw... Are those Birkenstocks, they are. Um, and it was just, it's just nice to bring some joy onto a yard on a Monday morning. I actually personally think it was what you've got on your feet, um, yeah. which I think you should show the listeners. Um, I, mean, I mean, I probably can't lift my feet that high. But, my, so. <laughs> 10 years ago, but the hammies are a bit tight. So, um, hey, Mitch, you've got another question lined up over there. Do you want to crack on? Yeah, we'll get into it. So, second question, first non, well, yeah, first non fan question, because it's just, just mm. a mate, you know. Um, did you always want to be an event rider? What and if not, what did you see yourself doing when you're a little kid? Like when you're growing up, what is Laura Collett doing? Um, always very much horse related. Um, maybe not specifically eventing until the age of thirteen. Um, but was always pony mad and always wanted to leave school as quickly as possible to go and play with the ponies. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So growing up, exactly what I thought I was going to be, but it was definitely something to do with horses. Yeah. So, and so, what happened in 2013? What what was the the switch that was eventing? Well, sadly, it wasn't 2013. It was what? when I was 13. Oh, you were 13. Yeah. Ah, no, definitely mess. wasn't yeah, 13. No, 2013. 2013. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, 13 years old. 13 like, I'm years old. I'm going to go eventing. Um, so I decided I wanted to do something exciting, more exciting than showing and bought a five-year-old pony, joined the pony club, did some eventing and show jumping and got bitten by the eventing bug. Fernhill socks? Nearly. Ooh. Nearly. Oh, so that close. was impressive. There's a man yeah. that does his research. On, one, more, one more try. Uh, no, that's all stop. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Best. <laughs> no. Uh, Noble Springbok. Noble Springbok. Yeah, didn't see that one on Wikipedia. So... Well, I think I think it might might have been there. Yeah, was we're we're going to uh, you know explore a bit more of the horses later. Um, but I was just interested on that. Was there anyone? I'm, I'm sure there's been many people, but anyone in particular that was pivotal in in influencing you to um, to take on that eventing journey, um, or anyone there in the early days that that helped, I guess, um, show you the way and give you the direction and and influence your your the start to your career. Um, well, I would say as far as inspiration is concerned, it would be Pippa Funnel, um, watching her um, year in, year out, badminton. Um, she was always the one that I wanted to be, um, kind of probably tried to dress like her and um, tried to ride like her, definitely didn't. But um, 
you know, she was definitely the inspiration behind going eventing and wanting to be a badminton winner. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, geez, Mitch, wouldn't we love to get Pippa on at some stage and really unpick that and put that to her? Oh, absolutely. Being so, the inspiration for yeah. the next generation. Yeah. Pippa, if you're listening, get in touch. Mm. Um, moving on, the next question we've got for you, Laura, and Mitch actually mentioned the year 2013. Um, Boy, how wrong did I get that, by the way? <laughs> and what uh, we were interested in, if you're up for it, was... Could you tell us a little bit about your injury in 2013 and if it, it was 2013 um, and um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that and maybe how you reflect on that now, sort of 10 years on? Um, yeah, so I had a, had a little tumble um, at Tweezledown, um, was in an induced coma for a week, um, had a few internal injuries um lost the sight in an eye but um was pretty lucky to be able to get back on um i think i left hospital four days after coming out of the coma and got straight on horse um couldn't really do anything more than walk around but um it was something that i needed to do kind of for my sanity having not sat on a horse for um 10 11 days which in in my world that's a very very long time unless i'm on holiday that's far too long to not be riding um so yeah just got back on and built back up for, through um going to oaks house rehab center with the injured jockeys fund who did an amazing job and uh, managed to get me back competing six weeks and six days after um which looking back on it now was probably a really stupid thing to do um i definitely wasn't wasn't fixed and wasn't ready but um Luckily, the horses I was riding um, were very, very good horses and looked after me. Amazing, um, man! What a what an experience! Um, and it, the way you describe it is like every eventer I've talked to that's had an injury is um, I probably shouldn't have got back on so quickly. You know, I should have got back. Should have maybe had more time. But there seems to be this inner burning desire to just be doing what you what you love, being with horses is. Um, is that something that you can sort of relate to as part of the eventing community that you're all a bit mad? Oh, 100% all mad. Um, I think also we don't, we don't really know what else to do. Um, it's, well, definitely myself. There's, there's nothing else, um, that really happens in my life. So, um, yeah, get on with the, what I know and what I love. And that's, yeah, kind of it really. Amazing. Yeah, and keep kicking ass as a pro. Yeah. Um, so we, we've been, doing a little bit of research Laura looking back through your career and it just seems to be highlight after highlight after highlight you've won just about all there is to win um, what would you say has been your biggest achievement of your eventing career uh, definitely winning badminton um, was an absolute childhood dream um, as I said Pippa winning badminton was my inspiration and um, I never never truly believed it would happen um always dreamt of it and hoped it would but never really thought it would um so that was by far nothing nothing will ever top that yeah and what an amazing day that was i was i was there in the stands <laughs> watching mm. um, did you have laura in your eventing manager team that week um i think she's in there every week <laughs> locked in you know safe money Shout out to Equi Ratings for Eventing Manager. Um, big fans of Eventing Manager here. And uh, Laura, you know, you're, you're a mainstay and I think both of our teams. Um, That's silly. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't say it was a good choice. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but we know we know what we're on about. So, yeah. Uh, what are you, top uh, 20 in the world at the moment? 
Hey, it's not my episode. It's it's you know Laura's, but um, but yeah, I think it peaked at seventh, um, sort of twentieth at the moment. So working on it. Um, yeah. just on badminton, um, you know, what is it specifically about badminton that really um in- inspires you and 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 keeps you and and had that at like the pinnacle of events for you? I think just any if you ask any young person growing up. Um, you know, if you say eventing, you know, what, what's the one thing that you want to win? It's, is 99% of the time people will say badminton. There is just no, there's no other event like it in the world from, from the moment you walk in. I think the stables are so special and there's just so much history there. And, um, to be honest, I think it is the pinnacle of the sport. Yeah. Championships are amazing, but, Badminton is something else. Um, the crowds are incredible. Um, from even from trot up, you know, from the first trot up, there's people that are there. Like this year, it was absolute torrential rain, and I could not believe how many people stayed to sit and watch some horses trot mm-hmm. up. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's just a very very special place. Um, and it's a hugely challenging cross country course, and you know if you've if you've gone clear around badminton, you've achieved something great. Yeah. Jeez, when you're painting the picture of the trot up there, it, it just really hits home for me. Not only are the riders mad, but everyone sort of around the sport is just a bit mad, but in, in the best way, in the best way. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. And that leads on actually to uh, my next question I've got for you, Laura, is um, is say um, you've got another big show that you win on the horizon. I'm just wondering, um, knowing, your, knowing your history. Um, it's not going to be far away. What, no pressure, but knowing your history about winning a big event, have you got, would you have any um, plans for another party? You know, I, kn- I know that you've, um, after you winning badminton, you put on a, a quite a nice ball that, um, that was an amazing event. And then after Tokyo, was it the festival? Um, do you want to just talk a little bit about the celebration of those big achievements and personally, just I want to know uh, if you've got any big plans coming up because shit, it's a good night. <laughs> um, yes, they, they were two very good nights. Um, but I thought after the Olympics and after winning badminton, if you can't throw a party and celebrate good times, then when can you? Um, love and a good excuse for a party. So um, fingers crossed for the Moulin, hey? Yeah, fingers crossed for the Moulin. Because yeah. Mitch and I have got these shirts that we're just sitting in our wardrobe and and they're ready to go. They're ready they're to ready go. to make a, a reappearance. A reappearance. A reappearance. I think you should tell the listeners um, these special shirts. I, I think we could maybe slip a little. Could we slip a little photo on there, Brayden? Yeah, we'll put just some photos to, on the socials. Yeah. Um, but for all if, our audio listeners, paint a picture. Well, we were so inspired by Laura's victory after Tokyo that, um, and you threw a summer festival that <laughs> Mitch and I thought it would be a good idea to to get some some um, outfits made up. And the only fitting thing that we could see was having four matching shirts with your face all over them. Um, and and they were a big hit? They were a big hit. Um, it, it was um, quite traumatizing uh, to see. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So many f- of my faces uh, around. But um, yeah, apparently you made lots of people very jealous. And I think you had your shirts ripped off quite a lot, didn't you? Uh, yep. Mine is actually, I believe, in Mike Jackson's wardrobe at the moment. Really? So Shout if, out Mike if Jackson. If I could get that back, that, <laughs> Mike, please. Big fan of the show. Yeah. Need that back. You see, for Mitch, um, the shirt being ripped off, that's, that's sorry, that's, yeah, that's kind of not 
a lot to do. to do with my face, more to do with something underneath. Yeah, um, and and that's something that we, you know we both have to live with. Is that Mitch? That's just the effect he has on people. Um, but uh, the main point here. He's a married man now, though. Exactly. Maybe it's yeah. different now. Exactly. I think if anything, it's probably gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's uh, off the market, so he's desirable. So, ah, is that how it works? So I'm told. I've got no yeah. idea. Wow about that i think my main point there hell of a night and um yeah fingers crossed for lamulin for, yeah. for for all of our sakes yeah for all of our sakes should we get back to horses go on all right laura everyone talks about having their one horse of a lifetime but it seems like you've already had two or three of those how do you do it what do you look for when you're getting a new horse like how do, how do you find these superstars i think if you look at all my uh Horses of a lifetime, and just say bay gelding, they're beautiful. Got yeah, a, got a few of those <laughs> kicking around at home. So, Jenny, that's, that's, that's as easy as it is, Jenny. <laughs> no, you know, people do talk about having one horse of a lifetime, and it seems looking through your history, you've you've had a good run. Um, do you put it down to luck, or or the obviously it's the relationship that you you build with them over time and and being at the top of your game is is a big part of that but also you know finding these these um amazing horses to go on the journey with um do you just feel super fortunate or um is there some sort of other insight no it's definitely down to luck um if there was any rhyme or reason behind it then i'd have a stable full of them um but yeah, I've, I have been amazingly fortunate um, with the horses. Well, right from ponies um, through to horses. Um, I had a pony of a lifetime who basically genuinely set me up um, for my career when we sold him, which at the time at 16, I didn't want to do through a lot of tantrums. But um, Yogi Breisner said to me, look, if you sell him, he'll set you up for life. And and he did. Um, when we sold him, I bought a horse walker, a horse lorry and four horses. And one of which was my first horse that took me to Babington. So, Amazing. yeah, he was pretty special. Um, and yeah, they all sort of roll into into another. And um, I guess the ultimate horse of a lifetime has got to be London 52. Um, what he's done for my career is just unbelievable. Um Fingers crossed he hasn't finished yet, but genuinely he owes me absolutely nothing. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have dreamt one horse could do as much as he's done for me. Well, well, people say you'd rather be lucky than talented, but um, seems like you've sort of found both of those things here with these horses. So that's really cool to hear. Really cool. Um, if we, we just a. For all those playing along at home, we're at question. We've got through six questions, so we've sort of. You've had your first. If we if we use an eventing analogy, you've had your first um, sort of uh, easy questions, and you know, and, and we've got through a few of the tougher combinations, and now we're getting in, you know, into the later stage of the course. Um, so just keep your eye on the ball, um, and uh, we've got sort of four questions to go. Um, the next question I've got for you is actually about the Tokyo Olympics. Um, it was quite a unique Olympics for obvious reasons, and we we're just wondering if you'd if you had any good stories or if you could um, share for us your experience attending the COVID Olympics. Um, so we were actually um, not in the Olympic Village, um, which at the time when we first got told, we thought that was really annoying um, because obviously going to an Olympics, the real cool part about it is that you get to you know mingle with all these incredible athletes. Um, however, it turns out we actually had the luscious hotel um, and 
were kept away from all the drama of the cardboard beds and things like that so um yeah it turned out to be pretty cool um I'd say for for me the craziest experience was arriving at the airport dressed in full team GB Olympic kit and being chaperoned around like a celebrity um and then bumping into these like cool athletes that you see on tv what I would call real athletes um and then on the way home um hanging out at the airport and on the airplane with people with their medals on and um being a total fangirl over Max Whitlock basically (laughs) amazing I love hearing people at the top of their game being fans of other people it's um it's real cool and the you said about staying off site was that the whole team GB stayed off site or was that just the um equestrian team um I think it was just the equestrian team it was like the pre-holding um camp team GB camp so like the whole hotel was team GB but um I'm not entirely sure if the other athletes then went in and did when it was like a shorter time did go to the um olympic village or not but um yeah definitely all the equestrians stayed in the hotel throughout and what did that look like for the horses as well like leaving from this country did you leave at the same time or the horses before you or after you and then once you got to tokyo was it could you get off and go and see london 52 or did you have to go and see all your all your fans <laughs> luckily there were no, no fans there no one was allowed and mm. um, yeah so the the horses left um before us and it was it was the weirdest experience um we did a week in quarantine um in this country and then um waved the horses off on a transporter um to go to the airport and my horse was the only one that hadn't flown before um so that was pretty nerve-wracking for me basically waving goodbye and not having any contact for a long time before hearing and uh, I think we got a text from uh, Liz Brown the vet who traveled with the horses she texted to say they were um on the Dubai um landing strip where they were basically refueling but the horses don't come off they just stay on um on the airplane and then a text to say they had arrived safely and then the grooms flew out um before we did after the horses but before we did um so that they were there for the horses to arrive in Tokyo um and when I got a text from Tilly um with a picture of Dan in his stable I could breathe <laughs> again um and then we arrived I think about 24 hours later because they wanted to give the horses a bit of relaxation time before we arrived and caused carnage basically um but yeah we went straight from from arriving we went straight to to the horse event to see them and make sure they were genuinely okay um but the facilities there were just incredible the horses definitely were in five-star hotels like we were oh the dream isn't it the dream? yeah what a time to be alive yeah <laughs> tokyo olympics is it my question now oh it is Ah, oh, yeah so, speaking of all those great Olympians that were there and just great humans in general, we're going to go off topic from horses a little bit and we're going to have a little dinner party and you're going to invite three people, dead or alive, who is coming to dinner? Oh, my God. On the spot. On the spot. Can I just, while you're thinking, um, we'll, we'll have to rule out Mitch and I. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, just, that makes it yeah. a bit easier. It would be unfair. Yeah. Yeah, so so anyone except Mitch and I. Okay. Um Dan Carter. Oh yeah. Oh. I'm listening. Yeah. Um but yeah. eye candy. Eye candy and just a really cool guy. Um, have you met him? Yeah. 
Can yeah. we just pause, he's, pause he's for touched, a second? Just he's pause. touched my Olympic medal. Just saying. Okay, yeah. Can we just pause for a second and, and just can I hear about your Dan Carter interaction? Obsession. Well, okay. please. Yeah. Please. Whatever uh, so, you want to call it. Yeah. So it started. So my auntie uh, is a Kiwi and she probably when I was about 14, 15, um, introduced me to the All Blacks rugby team. Um, and from then on, the obsession started with Dan Carter. Uh, she was more Richie McCaw. Mm. I said, she can have him and I'll have Dan. Honorable. I, I thought so. Mm. Um, and then, um, I apparently haven't hid my obsession with Dan Carter very well over the years. And, um, one of the owners of London 52, um, Keith Scott, he very kindly, um, somehow, I don't really know, managed to get, um, basically a meet and greet with dan carter in london in the winter um oh my god yeah which was pretty cool so where was that um i'm not really sure was that some sort of that minor details all i heard was dan carter and lunch and that do why did i want to come and obviously yes yes um and uh expectations versus reality oh my god see i was then a little bit a little bit worried that it was going to be disappointing, mm. not disappointing. No, no, no. Ah, <laughs> it never is with that guy. Hell of a man. Yeah. Great like, New Zealander. Maybe the perfect man. The, yeah. the perfect man. Apart from the fact he's married with kids, he's the perfect man. Yeah, which probably <laughs> technically probably makes him the perfect, the perfect man. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prick. Yeah. <laughs> Great right. man. So you've got, so, so okay, we've got so, Dan Carter. So we've got Dan Carter. Um, Richie McCaw is probably going to be floating around as well somewhere out the back. He could be Who serving. That's, <laughs> that's I, I like how you've yeah. got your guests, yeah. but then you've got Richie McCord yeah. serving. That's yeah, that's allowed. Then he doesn't count thinking. as a guest. No, he doesn't. No, no, okay. um, who else would I have? Um, I'd probably have Sam Watson because he's very, very funny and can just keep keep the room going. Um, very entertaining. He's one of my besties. So. Oh. Well, yeah. another great guy. Massive shout out, Sam Watson. I'm actually over at uh, Mill Street this week, Sam. So I'm uh, hoping hoping to meet in person. And um, actual big big fan of the show, Sam Watson. Oh yeah. So um, that's so we got Sam Watson, we got Dan Carter, we got Richie McCaw serving. Yeah. Okay. Last person. Um, oh God. Um, why am I so bad at this? Uh, someone like really. I don't uh, know. Cool. The, I don't know. Well, Brayden and I, yeah, we've, we've already said we can't be there. Yeah, I know. So this is why it's making it real difficult. Really hard. <laughs> um, who else is really cool? Well, mm. there's a lot of great New Zealanders out there. Yeah, there um, are. Um, I mean, we have very much put you on the spot. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've got the choice if you'd like just to make it an intimate experience with you, Dan, and Sam Watson. Um, and Richie. And Richie. And Richie. <laughs> Bringing you whatever you want. Yeah, we could. <laughs> that could. Yeah, that could we could work. leave it at that. Yeah, we could I'm leave cool it at with that. that. Yeah. I'm hey, not you, greedy, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you change your mind by the end of the show, then um, we can we can chuck an extra. Maybe like in. a singer or something to you know. Okay. Well, um, like a Britney Spears. Britney. No, Britney. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cracking, wouldn't it? So if we were to yeah. say you're third, it's Britney bitch. Britney bitch. Britney bitch. <laughs> oh, good. What a dinner party! I can't wait. You're jealous, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be there. No, we're, we're there. Yeah. You we're, serving, we're in the background. Are you serving with Richie? I'll be in the kitchen. Okay. Yeah, I'll be in the kitchen. Yeah. What are you serving up? Uh, what do you want? Uh, what, are we... A three-course meal, please. Yeah. 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 We can do that. Easy. Braden and champagne? Braden, you can sort out the champagne. I'll be, I'll be on the music. 
We've got Brittany for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's <laughs> she's got her mouthful, so I'll be I'll be some uh, nice sort of jazz music in the okay. background just to to help set the ambiance. Okay. Um hey, uh two questions to go. Um and my final question for you is before writing for Team GB, um did anyone ever try to convince you to ride for another country? You mentioned you had some roots to New Zealand in there, so I'd just be interested to hear the answer. Any other Kiwi eventers that have called you trying to convince you to ride for another country? Um, I have the funniest voice note from Tim Price. (laughs) Um, Talk us through it. I think it was, I think they were at WEG in Tryon. Um, And. He might have made a suggestion that um, he could find me a husband or he was willing to do whatever it would take to uh, make me uh, move to the dark side. And um, dark side? So tr- black, black. What? You yeah. wear black yeah, jerseys. Okay. We get try on. So what year are we talking here? 2018. 2018. And had you represented Team GB at that point? Yep. So this, so he's poaching? Oh, he's poaching, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Good and, old uh, and how convincing was he? Was, was I there... mean, he was he was pretty convincing, and and we did we did um, look into it briefly um, and realised that my mother um, basically f- didn't take out uh, her New Zealand passport when she should have done because she lived there till she was twenty one. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I have more family in New Zealand than I have here. Whereabouts in New Zealand? All over Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch. Really, you got great places. You got the whole country covered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm not sure how many people listening will be aware of that. Um, but uh, man, what a what a how what close a, for Team New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan could have taken one for the team. Yeah, is that that what you needed? Just Dan Carter to be like that, that is all I need. Yeah, Dan Carter. <laughs> hey, Dan, if you're listening, I know you're a huge fan of the show. <laughs> so oh, good. Oh, that's hard, guys. Um, all right, we've got our last question here, um, Laura. For anyone listening, and I know there's a lot of people out there, um, but mainly for our younger listeners, what would be one piece of advice you would give to a young rider trying to follow in your footsteps? Um, So always believe in yourself. Um, I got told that by Yogi when I was in the start box to go cross country at the Pony Europeans and was having a bit of a wobble. He said, believe in yourself because I do. And it's something that's always stuck with me. Um, and another thing would be um, never think your dreams are too big. Yeah. Wow. Solid advice. Great piece of advice. Right. And I think we've got some piece of, uh, pieces of advice from some of our listeners, do we? You're not wrong, Mitch. So if you uh, listened along last week to episode one with Nick Brooks, um, then you'll know that the way we end the show is we um, is we f- uh, we share some feedback from our listeners. And if you want to get involved in this, the way you do it is you go on to Apple Podcasts, you give us five stars, and you leave a little bit of inventing advice. And what we want to do is um, is share with you, Laura, some of the advice we received from our fans and um, and put them to you and, and see what your thoughts are on some of the advice we've been given out there. So the first one's from Nadine Haley-Brown. And um, her greatest eventing advice ever is, if in doubt, rev it out. Love that. Love that? Love that. Yeah. What, is it, what does that mean, if in doubt, rev it out? I think and then another way of saying that is, if in doubt, kick like um, a bad word. Kick like 
you need a kicker. Yeah, All right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. So thanks for that one, Nadine. Um, the second piece of advice is, um, well, actually, the the piece of advice is titled "Brilliant!" Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! And I don't want this to become self-sourcing because it is quite indulgent. You know, there's a few compliments towards. Me and Mitch, would you believe? Um, As there should be. Well, there you go. Um, so after uh, saying that uh, we'd made her week, um, the piece of advice would be: don't dwell on bad days. Otherwise, you might not you might not get back on. Every day is a fresh chance to chase your dreams, believe in yourself, and always be kind to your horse. They have feelings too. Can't wait for episode two. Diana, kiss. Um, Diana knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Does that hit home for you? Some of those, um, I mean, you, you gave always believe in yourself and Diana's saying don't dwell on the bad days. Um, you know, every day is a fresh chance to, to catch dreams. Yeah, I think that is uh, amazing advice. Um, not always easy to, to go by, um, not dwelling on bad days, but it is true. Um, if you spend too much time dwelling on the bad days, you might miss a good day. So, um, yeah, it's always, I always think it's really important to have a way of getting over the bad days. Um, whether that's for, for me, sometimes it's going back and rewatching, you know, things that have gone well and trying to get that, that feeling back to, to take over. Cause it always say, you know, confidence brings confidence. And, mm. um, you know, sometimes when you're in a bit of a rut, it is hard to get out of. So, um, finding what works for you to be able to kind of put it to bed and crack on is, is really important. Super, really sound practical yeah. advice. Great. And I've, I've always said horses are real levelers. Mm. So, you know, you've got to ride the highs and the lows, but in the end, it's all going to work out, isn't it? It is one hell of a roller coaster. Isn't it just? What was our quote from last week? And uh, Nick Brooks, he describes eventing as uh, an island of happiness in an ocean of despair. Yeah, I did listen to that and I thought he's absolutely <laughs> hit the nail on the head. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? Yeah. So we're thinking maybe some merch, maybe some get some shirts made up. Yeah. Um, so, But that's <laughs> for another day. Hey, um, thanks so much for, for, sh- for sharing your thoughts on those um, pieces of feedback and really for sitting down with us today we are getting to the end of the show and we're we're going to wrap up um if i just throw to my co-host over there mitch is there anything else that we've missed there today or any final words from you um i don't know i think we've pretty much hit the nail on the head today wouldn't you agree unless there was anything you think we've missed or laura anything you wanted to to throw in there yeah, the, no, so. but, well, the last thing yeah. I will say is if you if you want to get involved in um and in, in uh, submitting some some advice for us to share with our our guests, then please go on Apple Podcasts and and rate it five stars and um and leave some advice and uh and we'll share that next week. But for this week, I think it's probably a pretty good place to to wrap up. Laura, thank you so much for sitting down with us here at your lovely yard in the Cotswolds, um, and we wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for can't listening. Wait. Can't wait for the next party. Laura Collett, uh, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Hi, this is Blythe Tate, and you're listening to Eventing Weekly with Mitch and Braden. I think the timing was good yeah. on that. That high five timing was it. We're on. <laughs>